Chapter 34 What They Saw If we had thought entering Hattie's treehouse would summon a deluge of light to wash away the day's gloom, we were wrong. In near silence in the dining wing, we ate cold turkey and cheese sandwiches, hideous hack jobs slapped together by Walter's untrained hands. Still, they were edible, thanks largely to the superb quality of foodstuffs which Mama had magicked into the treehouse pantry and icebox. I glanced across the table at her puffy eyes as we ate, wondering whether she still possessed the ability to create anything at all. Perhaps her excessive sorrow had stripped away the spirit necessary to forge such wonders. I took another bite of my sandwich and tried not to dwell on such morose musings, but that was like asking a naval officer not to dwell on the hurricane breaking his ship apart. If she had lost the baby, what else could she lose? The cottage? The treehouse? The enchanted gardens? Maybe even herself? After our sandwiches, we continued our upward climb to Hattie's bedroom dome. Mama somberly busied herself on the floor with Pip and an erector set, while Hattie and Walter engaged one another in a checkers battle. With nothing better to do, I sat nearby and silently cheered Hattie on toward what looked sure to be a swift victory. But the victory never came. Walter had a pair of men remaining on the board when Hattie shot upright, stiff as a girder. Did you hear that? she whispered. Without waiting for a reply, she leaped to her feet and ran toward the open-air battlements. I didn't hear anything, Walter protested. Frustrated, he jumped up to hurry after her, conveniently knocking over the checkerboard in the process. Hattie, come back! Stop, Walter. Mama's sharp order seemed unsuited to the malaise which had shrouded her since early morning. Go play with your brothers. I'll speak with Hattie. He frowned. He had been cut out of too many conversations lately, and the seeds of exasperation were germinating inside him. Still, he obeyed, though as soon as Mama's back was turned, he released his pent-up frustration by kicking over Pip's erector construction. As he flopped gloomily onto the lime-green sofa, I stood up. What are you doing? Walter asked irritably. I'm gonna go listen, I whispered. Besides, Mama only told you not to go after Hattie. She didn't say anything to me. That put a crack in his funk. He grinned at my audacity and said, Okay, but later you better tell me what you heard. I dashed toward the archway through which Mama had disappeared, but didn't go through it myself. Careful to remain out of sight, I flattened my back against the wall. Mama's and Hattie's voices sounded distant. They must have taken a short stroll along the battlements. But when I slowed my breathing and focused my ears, I could hear every word. It was Mama who spoke first. Remember, I can see and hear them too, she said. You and I are the only ones who can look beyond. 
How long have you been able to? Hattie asked. You never said anything about it before. Yesterday was the first time, Mama answered. Well, the first time since right after I died, anyway. But I was as surprised as you to hear that voice yesterday. Who are they? And what happened at the lake this morning? A long pause followed, before Mama finally said, I heard a voice calling, early this morning while you were still asleep, but it sounded different than the one you heard yesterday. Besides that, it wasn't calling your name anymore. The voice was calling for me. That's why you left, Hattie replied matter-of-factly. Yes, my curiosity got the better of me, and I paid for it dearly. The voice stole your baby? That's not exactly how it happened, said Mama. I put baby in the sling like I always do and hurried out into the woods. I couldn't see anybody, but I heard the voice, clear as a bell and calling my name. I followed it all the way down to the south shore. That's where I saw her. Saw who? A young woman standing in the water. The moment she saw me, her face lit up, and she beamed like the sun. I started walking out to her, and I asked who she was. She told me her name was Henrietta. Who's Henrietta? Hattie asked. The more Mama answered her questions, the more questions she had. My little sister. She died when she was very young. And she's the one who took the baby? Why would she do something so awful? It's not exactly like you think, said Mama. Henny actually stopped me from going any further. If she hadn't, I wouldn't be here right now. She told me she was standing in the gap between here and beyond, that she had come to see whether I was ready to move on yet. And you weren't? No. But what's here and beyond? Here is here. Beyond is what we will find some day, when we cross over the waters. You mean heaven? Hattie asked. When she did, there was a thrill in her tone. If that's what you want to call it, yes. It's where the rest are. Henrietta, my grandparents, John's Mutti and Fati. Henrietta told me they were all waiting for me too. So, why didn't you go to them? Hattie wondered. Because, Mama answered gravely, once I do, I can't return. Neither can you. Why? I don't know why, exactly, only that it is so. It was a rare grace which allowed me to stay here in the first place. Perhaps after we do journey beyond, what we would see is too beautiful and transforming that we would never want to come back. But how did you lose your baby? Was it Henrietta? Yes, it was Henny, but only because I gave baby to her. My shock at this revelation was matched only by Hattie's. But why would you do that? She exclaimed, scandalized by Mama's admission. Even though I couldn't see her, I knew Mama started to cry again after Hattie's pair of questions about her baby. She said that, while she understood why I wanted to stay, 
She didn't think it was fair for me to keep my baby here on the isle, or the Shadowlands, as Henny called it. That I was holding my own child back from becoming everything one is meant to be when they cross beyond. And when I saw how beautiful Henny was, the pure rapture of her voice and eyes and presence, how full of light she seemed to be, I knew she was right. I couldn't keep baby imprisoned in a bassinet any longer. I had to let Henrietta escort my child over the waters. Oh, I'm so sorry, Miss Luther, said Hattie in sympathetic tones. But Mama wasn't finished. The only question left was whether or not I would follow them. Oh, God, it was a terrible choice. Either follow my sister and baby, or to remain here with Walter and Peter and Pip. Whichever decision I made meant a broken heart. Why did you decide to stay here? asked Hattie. Mama sighed. I had actually made up my mind to go with them when I heard Pip's voice. Even though he sounded like he was a million miles away, it made me hesitate. Then I heard Peter, too, and when I felt the warmth of Walter's hand on my own, I knew my miserable decision was made. I stayed. Some day I will go to them, to Henny and my baby, but they will not return to me. A moment of silence passed before Hattie said, I don't know if what you said was true. What do you mean? replied Mama, taken aback by Hattie's distrust. I remember it like it happened a minute ago. Not about your story, Hattie explained. But when you said that whatever you decided would mean a broken heart, I don't know if that was true. How so? If you chose to go beyond, I think you would find yourself in a place where regrets are impossible, where broken hearts don't exist. After all, you said yourself that Henrietta was full of joy and light, didn't you? Yes, but I couldn't have all that without my boys. Henny was little when she died. She hadn't formed all the attachments to this life that I have. There was another moment of quiet, followed by Hattie's voice. Do you know who that was, calling for me in the woods today? No, only that her name was Anna. Who is she? That's just it. I don't know, answered Hattie. I've never seen her in my life, at least not that I can remember. It's obvious why your sister would come for you. But what does Anna want with me? I don't know. It's easy for me to look and see on this side of things, toward the living world, but I can't see beyond any more than I could through a brick wall. Maybe it's because here is what I have experienced, while beyond is more like a country I've never been to or even seen pictures of. Whoever she was, said Hattie, I think she looked a little like you described your sister, happy and full of light. Are you happy, Hattie? Mama asked abruptly, here on the aisle. I was at first, she said. Before I died, I thought this was what I wanted. But now that I'm here, I don't feel like I really belong here. If my heart could have stopped, it would have. 
the full implication of Hattie's words was like jumping in front of a speeding train. Hattie wanted to leave. Mama responded softly, sadly. I understand. We're caught in the middle here, hanging between the unreachable beauties of life on one side and the unknown mysteries on the other. But you are not stuck here, Hattie. You are free to finish your journey between life and death whenever you decide the time is right. I stopped you from following this Anna person earlier because I wanted you to have all the information before you made a decision you couldn't unmake. Hattie was a person arguing with her very own self as she said, But I love you, and I love Walter and Peter and Pip. With all my heart I love them. So how can I want to go somewhere I'll never see them again? I think you know the solution to that problem, just like I do. It's why I gave my baby to Henrietta. You're asking a flawed question. You know you will see them again. Yes, but how long will it be? How many years will there be in between? For them it may feel long. For you... It might be the blink of an eye. Well, said Hattie, her cadence that of someone ready to wrap up the conversation. I guess I have time to think more about it. I don't have to decide anything today, right? I won't go until I know for sure it's what I want. I'd say that sounds wise, said Mama. Come on, let's go back to the boys. I withdrew from my eavesdropping archway and hurried to rejoin Walter and Pip. What did they say? Walter demanded. I'll tell you later. Right now they're coming. The rest of the short afternoon was a troubled one. Hattie hadn't been on the aisle two days, yet there was already a widening distance growing between Hattie and the rest of us. I worked hard that afternoon to give her extra attention trying my best to make sure she felt loved and wanted. I asked her to pick the games we played, and treated whatever she said as if it were the most profound utterance I'd ever heard. I lavished my compliments upon her, praising her very name. Yet as the afternoon aged into early evening, I perceived no change. Her smile was weary, like that of someone entertaining company after a long day at work, and her laughter was as hollow as echoes upon the distant walls of a canyon. I didn't want Mama or Hattie to suspect me of eavesdropping, so I buried my swelling distress as best I could. But my efforts were hardly necessary. Both were too distracted by their own troubles to pay me much notice. Walter wasn't so easily fooled. When we were finally aboard the Rosalie, and the figures of Mama and Hattie had departed into the trees, he said, Spill it, Peter. What did you hear? Nothing important, I said. Why I lied, I'm not sure. Perhaps it gave me some false sense of power over him. The more likely reason was that I myself didn't want to believe my own ears. Hattie told Mama the girl she heard, and saw, is named Anna. But that's all. Who's Anna? I shrugged. She doesn't know. 
says she never saw her before. And that's it? he asked suspiciously. That's it. Bullshit, he snapped. There's more, or else you wouldn't have been acting so weird. Well, Mama did tell Hattie she saw Henrietta today. That was her younger sister who died, remember? Anyway, that's who Mama gave the baby to. Why? I shrugged and said, I didn't really understand it. Something about Henrietta taking the baby away from here to heaven, or beyond, I guess, was the word Mama kept using for it. Anyway, somewhere that's apparently even better than here. But that's it. That's all they talked about. Walter stopped rowing. Turning to face me, he said, If I find out you're lying, I'm gonna kill you. As coolly as I could, I replied, I'm not lying, so fine. He eyed me suspiciously, but said no more. Neither did I. A crisp rhyme settled over Asphodel that night, to match the frost already settling in my heart. The sleep I did manage to find was fitful, rife with dreams darkened by loneliness and loss. Among it all, there seemed to be but one certainty. Sooner or later, our time with Mama and Hattie was coming to an end.